This is Pathfinder, a weekly moment dedicated to seeking Jesus and building deeper faith. My name is Derek Glover, and I'm a preacher serving the Church of Christ in Monroe, Wisconsin. I invite you to open your heart, mind, and Bible and study along today as we seek to know Jesus better through God's Word. Whether you've been a lifelong Christian or are simply curious, there's room for you here and room for us to grow together. We sometimes fall into the trap of thinking that the way things are is the way things have always been. And yet, when we look at the landscape of faith before us in 2021, we see that it looks very different than what's described in the early days of the Lord's Church in the time following Christ in the really the centuries after that. When there was a sense and a striving for unity amongst people of faith, we see that the church was united in those early days, very quickly fell into division, but there was an effort to try and reunify and keep these people of faith, these brothers and sisters in in unity with one another, in union with the Spirit, and all focused in the same direction. Today, I feel like we may have resigned ourselves to the fact that we're going to be divided, When you ask someone about their faith and they say, well, I'm a Christian, oftentimes the next question is, what kind, or some variance of that question. Are you Methodist or Baptist or Catholic or Lutheran or United Church or or, or Church of Christ or what are you? And that's not what we find the picture of in Scripture. We find a picture that that was not to be. At the very least, they weren't to be fighting with one another, and I think that's the real key. Not so much that we find ourselves divided with different opinions or beliefs or doctrines, but that often Christians are really good at fighting one another and not very good at finding unity with one another. Paul talks about this in the book of Ephesians in chapter 4. He says there that we are to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which we've been called. He urges humility and gentleness and patience with one another and diligent to do what? To keep unity. We're pretty diligent about our doctrine, but we're not very diligent with the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace in Ephesians 4, chapter uh, chapter 4, verse 3. Paul says this in verse 4, There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. In every way, Paul says, we're to be wrapped up in the one true God and the one Spirit and in unity with one another. He goes on to say that every one of us has been given a different grace or a different gift. And he says in verse 11 that he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers. For, the, for, for what reason? Verse 12 says, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man, to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. In other words, what Jesus died for was that we would all be united in him and united with God through him. And those of us who teach and who preach and who evangelize, part of our job description is that we're to equip our fellow Christians for this work and for encouraging this unity and to keep on doing it until that unity is achieved. 
I don't know that we think about that as our job so much. Sometimes we work for our denomination, not for our God, and that's sad. The result of this, verse 14, we are no longer to be children. We're no longer to have this immaturity, in other words, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of people, by craftiness in deceitful scheming. And what is the solution? Listen to what Paul says in verse 15 of Ephesians 4. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, that is Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. This reference to us as a body, to, to Christianity as a body, admits, I mean, the, the great concession there in that description is that we have many different parts. That's the description that, that's often given. And each part has a job, and there's room for us to be different. We don't have to have uniformity. We have to have unity. We are not called anywhere in Scripture to uniformity. We are called to unity. And that means that we have to embrace that each part will be different and each part will have its role. And how are we to be bound together? What is it that unites us? Paul says it's speaking the truth in love. That's how we achieve that. What does that mean, speaking the truth in love? Well, it certainly means that truth is a part of this. It certainly means that we need to understand the truth. And what is the truth? Well, the Scripture tells us that Jesus is the truth. Jesus, the Son of God, the one sacrifice for all, the one who bears the burden of sin, who sanctifies us and saves us by his blood. That's the truth. But how do we speak that? It's important to remember something. Truth is important. But truth, even truth without love, is hostility. Truth without compassion is hostility. I can, I can jump up on a table in the middle of a crowded restaurant, swing around on a ceiling fan, and yell and scream to everyone there that they're going to hell if they don't accept Jesus Christ, and I would be speaking a true fact. But I would not have love and compassion. That would be a hostile action. You see, the difference that Paul calls us to is not simply accepting that truth is truth and that's all that matters. It matters how we say it. It matters why we say it. What you win people with is what you win them to. And if I win people with the hostility of my point of view or even the truth because it is not bound up in love, then I've gone the wrong direction. I ought to be winning people to Jesus Christ because I love them and I care about them. Not because I think they're wrong and I'm right. Too often we get ourselves in the way instead of moving aside and letting Jesus speak through us. And that's the whole point Paul's making. What are we, what are we calling people to? We're calling them to be unified in the body of Christ and unified under the idea that Jesus Christ is the head of this faith. He is the central focus of what we do, and all of the power and all of the blessing and everything that comes from our working to make the world a, a, a place that accepts Christ more readily, all of that is motivated by love. 
we sometimes think of love as a very New Testament uh, concept, right? That uh, you look in the Old Testament, and it was pretty, it was it was pretty um, pretty harsh. They had a law, and they kept it, and if they didn't keep it, they were put to death. And anyone that didn't keep the law of God, uh, they were put to death. They were conquered. Love, we think, has no place in the Old Testament law, but I want you to think about the Ten Commandments. Just, just the Ten Commandments. There's like 600 other laws we find in the books of Leviticus and Numbers and Deuteronomy, but just think about the Ten Commandments. Think about what that means. Think about things like not lying, you know, telling the truth, not stealing or murdering or committing adultery. And the way that it's phrased, that you, thou shall not commit adultery. Now, we use that word differently. We use that word shall to mean don't, you will not do this or you should not do this. But the word shall in the context that it was written means you, you won't do this because you are bound up in love. See, love is at the heart of even the law. And when law comes in conflict with love, love wins every time in Scripture. Jesus even says so. And so what Paul is calling us to is, is not a different way of looking at God, but it is the proper way of looking at God. When it comes to not mistreating people, to not lying or stealing or murdering or hurting them in some way, honoring your father and mother, whatever it is, you cannot harm someone. You can't mistreat someone unless you don't love them. If you love them, you won't mistreat them. And if we are to share the gospel with the world, then we can't do that successfully unless we're doing it because we love them. And that's for the simple fact, as Paul states here, that the truth without love is hostility. It's not enough just to have the truth. You must have a truth that is driven by a compassion for the lost state of those around us. And so let's all remember the words of Paul. Let's all remember what our goal is. It's to bring people to Jesus. And when they get there, we're going to keep loving them. And we're going to bring about unity amongst people of faith, embracing the things that make us unique, the things that make us different, because the body of Christ works not from uniformity, but from unity. And we get there with a motivation of love, speaking the truth in love. We are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, that is Christ. And he is what makes us work. That's all the time we have this week for Pathfinder. I hope you have found it to be an enjoyable and uplifting experience. Maybe something that's caused you to think about some things you hadn't before and maybe give you reason to open your Bible and get into the Word a little deeper. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach out to me through the Monroe Church of Christ website, monroechurchofchrist.org. You'll find contact information there, as well as previous episodes of Pathfinder that you can listen to at your convenience. If you're in the Monroe area, we certainly hope you would come and get to know us in person. You can find our meeting times and location on that website uh, also, and we hope we get to meet you in the future. Until next time, I'm Derek Glover. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you, and may he give you peace.